Hey Changemakers, welcome to another episode of the Sacred Changemakers podcast. My name is Jane Warrillow and I'm thrilled that you are here. This podcast is about change and transformation, but not just any old change. We believe in change for good, which lies at the intersection of three things, purpose, impact and prosperity. So come with us on a journey as we go behind the scenes with people who are making a real difference in our world. Each episode, we're going to be diving deeply into topics that keep you inspired and at your best. Sometimes we'll be interviewing thought leaders, sometimes we'll be sharing tools and resources, and sometimes we'll be leading deep dive conversations, tackling the challenging issues of our times. Before we get going, I want to ask you a favor. Would you be willing to go to iTunes or whatever app you're listening to and leave a rating and a review? It helps people to find our community and it helps our guests get their messages out to more people. So thank you. And today, it is a little different because it's episode number two and we don't have a guest with us today. It's just me again. You could say I'm the guest of myself today, but but the guests are lined up and they're coming in the next episodes and I'm excited to share with you some of the truly powerful conversations I've been having recently. You're going to love them as we dive deep behind the scenes with some extraordinary people, so make sure that you tune in. And I promise you that today I would share something truly profound that changed my life and I'm going to be sharing that a little later. It's something that has inspired and and moved now many, many people and it has the potential to open you up in ways that you might not have experienced before. So I hope you're going to stick around to find out. So in today's episode, I wanted to, well, let you behind the scenes of my own life and my relationship with change and how some of my most traumatic events turned out to be the very things that have defined me. How in many ways my path has unfolded over the years to bring me right here, right now, doing this podcast for you. It is my story but I hope that within it, you're going to find something that resonates, something that aligns with your own experiences of life and business and and maybe, just maybe, expands your own sense of self and who you know yourself to be. And it all starts with resonance, which is why I called this, this episode, The Path from Resonance to the Sacred and everything in between. And there are some of you that are going to be listening here that have been with me on this path. Um, But I'm sure I'm going to be sharing things today that I think, you know, perhaps even you guys haven't heard me give voice to before. Now, many people have asked me over the years how I came to be a resonant coach, integrating resonance and energy into all aspects of life and leadership and business. And, you know, it's something of a story in itself. Life brought me to my knees, literally speaking, and I faced my own defining moment and a life-changing question for me that was, did I want to live or not? Now, I now realize that this experience is not unique to me. Perhaps, you know, we all face this question at some point in our lives when we're forced to turn and and face what might feel at the time like a harsh reality. 
and decide whether we want to choose to live or not. And, you know, with that comes this kind of responsibility. You know, are we ready to take full responsibility for our lives and and really begin to live, right? And I'm talking here about coming truly alive within the space of our lives. So I want to share with you how two worlds that I was living within collided and brought me back home to my natural state of resonance. And let me begin by saying that resonance is not for everyone. I I certainly didn't think it was for me. Earlier in my professional career, working as a leadership development consultant and coach, I was like black and white and straight lines all the way. I understood the rigors of the corporate world and was determined to keep up with the smartest executives I worked with in the global marketplace. I was left-brained and logical at work, but at home and on my weekends, it was a very different story. (laughs) I was fascinated by my own intuition and had developed a strong interest in fringe medicine, as it was called way back then. I was attending bodywork programs, becoming qualified in shiatsu and other healing modalities. I was intrigued by spirituality and began exploring my own intuitive powers, including spiritual healing. My first degree, I'd majored in psychology. I was already familiar with the workings of the mind and was blown away by my first neuro-linguistic programming practitioner program. And I'm now a master practitioner today, but I attended that in the late 1980s, although you could say it wasn't until much later that I took it seriously. However, I realized my own interests in my personal life were a million miles away from the, let's say in inverted commas, real work that I was doing with executives and business leaders. And I thought it best to keep this part of my life secret, (laughs) right? After all, you see, I didn't want to lose my hard-earned reputation. So I kept my hobbies and my professional career miles apart and I didn't take any action to bring them closer together or bridge them in any way back then. And then in 2001, I gave birth to my youngest son, Jacob, and at that time sustained a massive, massive medical injury, which was compounded by a misdiagnosis for almost a year. And when I was finally diagnosed, it was 11 months later, The pain was overwhelming and I was found to have a spinal cord injury and had sustained a seriously infected bladder and kidneys and I was extremely ill and was forced to sell my successful coaching consulting business to just give myself the space to heal. Now I couldn't walk, I was confined to my bed on extremely high doses of opiate medication It was a tough time. Gosh, it it really was. And uh, after countless surgeries that happened kind of over the next two years, I was finally told I would never heal, that I needed to get used to my disabled status because my medications would only ever increase. And I was told this by the top neurourologist at Imperial College London after a team had been doing tests on me for two days and she told me in the most unpleasant abrasive and direct way without a shred of compassion 
And I sometimes wonder if she'd been nicer where I would be today, because as you're going to see, I decided to prove her wrong, right? But in that moment, she told me that the combination of my injuries and medication would bring me prematurely to the end of my life. And it was devastating. I remember collapsing, literally collapsing under the diagnosis. Emotionally, mentally and physically, I was a wreck, you know. This was it. My life was over. And I I didn't know what to do or where to turn or what to do with that, right? I really didn't. I had three young children, a husband, a life, a professional career where I thought I was going to do so many different things that were going to be so meaningful and amazing for people. And here I was facing the end of life. And for any of you listening, if you've been in this space, you may have been in it for yourself. You may have been in it with a loved one. It's not a space we talk about a lot in life. It's not a space that's well navigated or well defined. And it's really hard to know how to manage the turbulence that starts within you, right? And then the sadness that other people bring to you and how they feel just genuinely so sad for you. And if they're close to you, they they feel sad for themselves as well. And they don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. And so that's where I was. And my calling from this came a few months later after I was rushed into the hospital over, I had another health complication which had emerged. And I remember lying completely still in a hospital bed and It was then that I realized that my own light was dimming and that my own body was literally flooded with energy of which I was only dimly aware. And I remembered from my earlier hobbies that I didn't just have energy in my cells. I was energy and that there was energy all around me, which I needed to harness for my own well-being. And it You know, it started slowly. It kind of seemed to tug at my knowing, touching me somewhere deep inside, kind of prompting me to take the necessary steps back to health. And this kind of prompting wasn't going to allow me to continue to sleep my way through this lifetime. It was simply a wake-up call, encouraging me to remember what I already knew, the wisdom that I knew in my head, but I wasn't really living it. So what did I have to lose, really? You know, some people think that I'm courageous, right? But I'm not so sure. And I mean that truly, because whilst it is true that I went against my doctors and my families and all my friends to begin my recovery, I didn't really see it as a conscious decision for me to make. Now, it sounds strange, but it was inevitable, I knew I had to try and heal myself and and I knew somewhere deep inside there was a calling and after all, you know, the worst that I could do was end up exactly where I was, which was kind of nowhere, right? (laughs) And I did have some help from my younger son whose birth had put me here. So most Saturday mornings, my husband would take me and 
my son Jacob to visit our local bookstore because he knew I'd always love reading, even though I couldn't read at the time because I was on morphine. And when you're on morphine, your pupils dilate and you can't focus to read or I couldn't focus to read. And so I wasn't reading. So my son, my, my husband, Nick, used to put like go to a lot of effort to bundle me into the car and my wheelchair and Jacob in his car seat because he was just a little baby and take us to the local bookstore and get me out and into the wheelchair and remember I'm on morphine I don't really know what's going on I wasn't really there and he would sit Jacob on my lap and wheel us into the bookstore and you know Jacob at the time he was probably about three years old and he um loved right? Thomas the Tank Engine. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with Tom, Thomas the Tank Engine, but it's like this little engine. It's a bit It's a bit like in America, the little engine that could. It's this, this, this train that has got a face and goes on all these adventures. And, you know, Jacob loved this, this Thomas the Tank Engine thing. So the routine was, and I have to tell you, I don't really remember this personally, but I know it because my husband, Nick, has told me the story since, is that, um, we would go into the bookstore and, um, you know, Jacob would pick up a Thomas the Tank Engine book and he would sit on my lap and pretend to read it, just looking at the pictures. And then, you know, Nick would uh, say to him, you can choose a book to take home. And sometimes he'd take the book that we'd been reading and sometimes he'd choose a different book, but it was always Thomas the Tank Engine. And on this particular Saturday, he put down his Thomas the Tank Engine book and ran over and picked up another book and it had a rainbow cover on the front. And he said, no, I want to take this book home. And it was an adult book. And Nick said, are you sure you want this book? And he said, yeah, I want it for mummy. And so we took the book home. It ended up on my nightstand on my bedside table and it stayed there for a few months until Jacob decided it was time that mummy read this story <laughs> to him, the rainbow story. Um, and, you know, it just makes me ugh, like the the synchronicity here is incredible. Uh, it was Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal My Life. Right. That was the book. And I, I was still on morphine, still couldn't see it very well, but it started to come into my awareness. And we would read this book and Nick would read some of the words. And there wasn't many pictures in the book because it's a paperback, an adult book. Um, and... So began my journey back to health. So incredible to me that Jacob brought me the injury in the wake-up call, but he also started me back on the path to wellness. And I'd like to say it was easy. Ugh, it wasn't. I'd like to say I was sure that I would succeed. I really wasn't. There were no guarantees, no signposts to point me in the right direction, and very often, I felt like I was fumbling around in the dark without a torch. It was scary, and I was very clear at a visceral level that I was fighting for my life. And I was so grateful for technology because it helped me access information. I did my research through orthodox medicine and other modalities, and the internet really helped me to decide step by step what to do. And it wasn't an elegant solution. It was trial and error. Some things worked, some didn't. I learned to listen to my body. I learned to trust my intuition. And I reconnected to my energy to live into the possibility that I am this dynamic flow of energy, which is expressed through my body. That my body is not a static entity. It is constantly healing and changing on a minute by minute basis. And as a result, 
In every single moment, I can redefine my reality. And I realized if I broke my healing down, right, all I needed to do was to take some small steps in the direction towards health. And who knew where it might lead, right? Now, okay, I know it might sound a little weird and overly optimistic, but what can I say? I'm here. It worked. (laughs) This was also, I just want to place this back in time because it was before Bruce Lipton published his life-changing work on the biology of belief, which I didn't come across until much, much later when I moved to the US. But my healing was not a well-defined path. I didn't have a plan or really any idea what I was doing. I just just kept walking forwards and believing in myself. And I can't remember if I said, but that terminal diagnosis, the doctor also told me I had 10 years left to live from the date of the original injury, which would have put my death at 2011. So obviously we're way beyond that now. And I'm very pleased to say that I wouldn't say I'm fully healed. I'm still managing some aspects, but I've healed so much and I never thought I would get here. And all I could do um, on this journey was just keep walking forwards and believing in myself, right? There were times where I collapsed, when I lost faith, when the critical voices in my head won the day. And I would say to myself, you know, come on, Jane, seriously, do you really think you know more than the doctors? How arrogant is that? And my eldest daughter summed this up very nicely for me one day when she said to me, (laughs) she said, who do you think you are, mum? Jesus, as they say, out of the mouths of babes. But one of my biggest turning points came unexpectedly. And I have to tell you, I only know it to have been a turning point with the benefit of hindsight. And it didn't feel like it at the time. But there was a moment that I remember very clearly. The moment I decided I was no longer ill. So let me tell you, this felt a little like madness at the time because I was still incredibly ill and nothing had changed. And I was going to live my life from a place of health to live as if I was healthy. I was going to stop limiting myself as much as physically possible. And to do that, I had to get out of my head and back into my body. From that point on, I made decisions as though I was well. I embraced my health in the moment and marveled at what freedom this gave me, even though in the early days, most of this freedom was perceived rather than real. So reconnecting with my body was painful. It was incredibly painful. I hated my body. It had let me down big time. I was angry and frustrated and above all, I did not want to be in relationship with it. Nope. I was acting like a child and I knew it and I didn't care. My body was my enemy. How dare it give up on me, cause me to cry out in pain every single moment of the day and then be too weak to give me a normal life expectancy. I didn't want to learn to trust it again. It didn't deserve my trust. I was angry. I was done. Oh yes, I was going to win that game. I was going to be done with my body before it was done with me. Ha! And that only worked for a little while. And then the grief came. In an overwhelming flood of emotion that followed, I really felt into the pain and the stress and the trauma. I knew that my healing necessitated me sustaining a connection with my body And I realized this was not just about my healing. This was a personal and very conscious evolution. And it demanded connection as a whole 
body experience. And from somewhere deep within, I could just begin to sense a deeply personal invitation emerging from my heart to reconnect and explore the vessel of my body, to to know it as the perfect learning environment for me to awaken to the energy and spaciousness of my true essence, to let my state of knowing, my health, to drop down and become embodied at a cellular level and merely ride these waves of curiosity despite the uncertainty. It was my calling to awaken my energetic intelligence. Now I want to pause here to say I found this journey to be relevant to so many of us in our own lives because this journey is not only mine, it's also yours. From global executives to stay-at-home moms, we're out of touch with our bodies. Many of us live in our heads since, you know, this is rewarded in the Western culture and we've forgotten how to listen to the signals that arise from our body. So as a consequence, we live some distance from our bodies as we've become also disengaged from our lives and to what matters most. Now this has to change if we're to wake up to ourselves and the potential which our lives offer to each and every one of us. This is your calling. This is your sign. You don't need to be fighting for survival like I was. You're listening to me for a reason. It's time, your time to reconnect with the whole of you and to become the full expression of you. Opening yourself to life in ways you have never before dared to imagine. So take a deep breath and really lean into my words here. I want you to experience this at a cellular level. So I'd like to extend a deeply personal invitation from my heart to yours to explore your own resonance. It's an invitation to receive your birthright, the natural wisdom of embodied resonance as the compass from which you get to navigate your life. And wherever you find yourself, it's the perfect place to start. Aligning your energy with the growing edge of what's possible, gradually opening you to what yearns to be born within the movement of who you are becoming. Resonance is our natural state. It's not something we learn anew. It's just a case of clearing away the negative stock energy which is clouding our view. Our primary instinct to reconnect with our resonance, our natural flow of energy, our birthright. It's not a question of whether you will or not. It's only a matter of when. And if by the end of this episode you're not ready, that's okay too. It's not your time just yet. But if it is, I ask you to go out into the world and radiate positive energy. Share your wisdom. Spread this positive energy wherever you go. Because what the world needs right now is more people who have come alive to inspire and awaken others who are just waiting in hope for a better future. That's all. So back to my story. The time came when I had healed enough to resume aspects of normal life. I I was ready to expand my horizons and return to the work that I love so much. My first coaching client was a senior executive working for a global brand and thankfully I knew him and I'd worked with him before and I remember waiting in the reception for my client and feeling, well, weird. 
And I put the feeling down to the fact that I was still getting back on my feet after my healing and I wasn't confident that my body would support me and my client arrived and we needed to walk through an open plan area to get to his personal office. And it was that walk which felt like, oh, it felt like the longest of my life. It was like walking amongst the living dead. The energy was heavy and it felt like I was kind of walking through molasses. I could literally feel my energy leaking out onto the floor with every single step I took. And like all these questions were firing off, had it always been this way and I'd never noticed? I wanted to run, but I didn't. I stayed and I coached my client and thankfully the session went well. Despite the fact that I was getting information from who knows where, I was aware of the energy flow and a deeply powerful connection with my client, not to mention the openness to allow what wanted to emerge to come to the fore. And I hadn't fully realized at the time, but it wasn't like any other coaching session I had conducted before. And it wasn't until a few weeks later and I received a call from my client's wife thanking me for bringing her husband back after all these years that I realized how powerful that session had been. And then came my realization. I had opened myself to the energy. I was attuned to my client and more open to the flow than I ever had been before. I was connected energetically on multidimensional levels and it was having an astounding impact on my coaching as a direct result. The information kind of came in in a rush and I'd healed to bring together my diverse experiences. My corporate leadership experience and business strategy needed a dose of energy flow. It was so obvious. (laughs) And I knew then that my emerging purpose was to heal business and to awaken people to the power of their energy. Nothing I knew had a more powerful impact on lives, careers, relationships, health and well-being than this. So over the next few years, I developed a body of work and began introducing energy to the C-suites of global corporations, teaching senior executives how to harness the energy of the organization. I also was teaching coaches, business owners, and leaders how to integrate resonance into their lives and their professional careers and businesses. And the results were nothing less than astounding. I've awakened people to the power of their energy, guiding them towards internal resonance as the beginning of all change and transformation. And I share tools and techniques for extending resonance out into the external environment through the connections and the relationships that you form with other people and with yourself. Highlighting in many ways the relevance of this, the relevance of resonance to leadership and coaching and conversation and influence and communication and in fact any business with a service orientation at all. Because resonance is all about relationships and it begins with the most important relationship of all, the relationship you build with yourself. And once you're reconnected with your core authentic self, you can then extend outwards, developing strong, resonant connections with others in business and in life. And remember, we're not only in relationship with people, we're also in relationship with things like our professional career, our business, the corporate organization that employs us. We have a relationship with our life and the world around us. So these relationships matter. You can't be happy or successful without them. 
And I would go so far to say that resonance is the relationship because without resonance, you literally don't have a relationship. It simply doesn't exist. Isn't it time then that we all understood more about the energy that we are resonating? And you see, hearing my story, I hope you realize this isn't just a theory or a knowledge for me now. It's wisdom at a cellular level. I've lived it every single step of the way and I continue to live into this and it continues to open and unfold in, well, incredible ways. And and nothing gives me greater pleasure than sharing this wisdom with others. And I'm also aware that it is important now and maybe even now more than ever before. And I believe you're ready because you're here and we all are in line with our own conscious development. We know it's time to shift beyond the chaos and find the underlying synergy, the connections that exist for all of us. You know, it saved my life and it might just save yours because change your energy and you will literally change your life. So, so began this resonant journey and my passion to develop resonance in people's lives. Excuse me a minute, I just need to take a drink. <coughs> and this was really about connections to me. It was about the invisible and making it more visible, enhancing relationships and enabling and supporting people to build businesses as a conscious expression of their energetic flow. Now, I know what a difference it makes. And in many ways, this is the powerful foundation on which Sacred Changemakers is built. So my story continues, right? We we moved to the US in 2009 and my resonance work was alive and well and I began resonant coaching and teaching coaches about this work and I started to get a sense that I might be getting out of alignment in 2014 because we'd moved to California and I was involved in a car accident, right? The car was totaled and what should have been an easily recoverable whiplash and neck injury turned into something way more painful than I expected. So do you see a pattern emerging here? Now, I now think of any injury as bringing me the greatest gift. To just let me know that I'm off track for my deeper purpose and I need some reflection time to get back to where I need to be. And yeah, the universe was slapping me in the face to wake up again. And what followed was very familiar in some ways because numerous surgeries didn't work. The doctors didn't know what to do with me. Yes, here I was again. And then in May 2019, I was recovering from, it was actually an unexpected surgery and feeling some pain and discomfort. I sat down in meditation to help my body to relax and and just give myself a little peace of mind. And as I began to clear my mind, I felt an urgency begin to kind of bubble up in my body, which was a signal to me that a message wanted to emerge through me. And I opened my eyes and I reached for my iPhone, I pressed record and allowed myself to give voice to something I've come to think of over the years as a spiritual download, a transmission. And I know it's weird, right? 
But this process has become as simple for me now and even as routine as brushing my teeth. I, I've learned to allow Jane to just, Jane the personality to step aside and fully receive the message which is captured through my voice into a recording and I'm not aware of the content until I listen back. So everything seemed to be following the usual pattern. I completed capturing the message, closed my iPhone, sat silent for a few more minutes in meditation and then continued with my day. And just before going to sleep that evening, I decided to listen back. And as the recording started, I heard myself saying things I'd never heard in the entire 20 years that I've been doing this, right? It was my voice speaking, but the words, well, they seemed to come from another time and space, uh, an ancient story that connected with me deeply at a soul level, a message that felt like my truth, even our truth, and a calling that a part of me that lay, lay deep inside of me remembered. And as I listened to my own words, just giving voice to an extraordinary truth, the tears just began to well up and run down my face. And I felt this emotional release. And I kind of sat in stunned silence and the world stood still. I held my breath. And when I inhaled again, I realized my relationship with the world had shifted in a remarkable way. And I saw in that moment that the air around me and within me is filled with energy. What appears at first glance as empty is not. It's filled with dust and pollen and seeds and radio waves and Wi-Fi and subatomic particles, the sounds of the winds, the music broadcast coming from my son's bedroom and the distant sound of cars on a lonely country road and I realized that what is needed for those invisible things to become reality is just a place to land. They need a receiver, something to create meaning and substance from what might appear to others as empty space. So this message was meant for me. It was calling me forth to become more than I ever believed would be possible for me in this lifetime. It was a calling. It was my calling, a spiritual calling. And it's true to say, I don't know if this message is your calling too, but I hope today to help you find out. So I want to share with you the sacred invitation to see what emerges for you. So sit back, relax, and just allow my voice to create a bridge between you and I and the words that flowed through me so effortlessly that day back in May. <clears throat> a sacred invitation. A number of decades ago, the changemakers arrived on the planet carrying the light. They arrived quietly born to families around the world, destined to become torchbearers for the evolution of humanity. These humans are old souls, carrying with them the wisdom from many lifetimes, the courage of the ancient warrior spirit and the seeds of infinite potential. These souls have silently walked through the millennia, developing the energetic capacity to return to earth at this time. They are here to facilitate a rebirth of the human spirit and embrace the deepest truths of their soul's resonance. Born decades ago to be here right now at this extraordinary time on earth. 
These individuals are now awakening. The next evolutionary step for humanity is ready to be taken. They are hearing their souls calling to embody the space of deep transformation, to inspire, encourage and support others worldwide to raise their vibration and consciously shape our future for the next generation. Emerging one by one from the lower vibrations of the physical realm, these conscious beings are walking barefoot upon the barren earth. Grounded in the soil, yet infused with a lightness of being that connects them to the sky. Attuned with all that flows from the air above. They are unafraid to stand at the edges of what we believe is possible and lead the way. They have been learning how to recognise energy and see the life force that permeates our world. They are mastering the invisible to see beyond sight and hear beyond sound. They understand the interconnectivity of all things, the interwoven web of energy that holds us in delicate balance with life. Each of these rare humans carry a karmic load, adorned with the collective wounds of humanity. They have been challenged, wounded and broken open to help them remember their spiritual path. They have walked within their own darkness, enduring hardship and pain. Yet... Despite their personal challenges, they have found their way to a new level of understanding that lies beyond fear. Their time has come to step into the light. They know their path is one of profound self-healing, a lifetime of twists and turns that has inspired a depth of compassion and a resilience to create miracles when all hope is lost. As these souls heal themselves, they spark a transformation so resonant it creates a ripple effect of healing energy that transcends boundaries and borders, shatters the illusions of the modern world, igniting the collective soul of humanity. These humans radiate with universal energy, with eyes, hearts and minds wide open they are getting ready to bring forward their soul work to the world. As we move through these challenging times, it's important to remember that we are not here by accident. We have entered the world with the clear purpose of facilitating the changes that are needed during this time. We are among the most important people who have ever lived. We will determine whether humankind will grow or die evolve or perish. If you have been pulled into our vibrational web, you are one of us. Regardless of how unfulfilled your life may seem, regardless of how meagre your self-esteem or how profit poor your business, you are being called to consciousness by the necessity of our times. We are being called to gather together to become more than we ever thought we could be. We're being invited to step up and lead, to bring forward our gifts to help heal the world. We are here to guide ourselves and others towards the essential truths that lie deep within. When we learn to listen closely, we can begin to attune our actions with our higher purpose and become exactly who we were meant to be. We cannot remain paralysed in the stuck vibrations of fear and disconnection from our souls. It is time we all became whole. 
we have the capacity to create a world that is capable of preserving the integrity of all life. One that transcends modern day business structures to inspire the human spirit. We are here to make a difference. We are the ones who will facilitate the evolution of humanity. Together, we will achieve more than any of us can dream. The time is now. You have a higher purpose and a soul mission. It's time to live the life you were meant to live. Your skills are needed. Let's show the world the power of our actions. Your destiny is calling and you must answer. Just lean into this message for yourself and what is bubbling up for you. What is calling to you? Do you recognize the words? Do do they feel like truth? I know for me, there was a part of me that remembered and I would love to know if it feels like your calling also. This is how I arrived at the sacred. The, the journey from resonance to where I find myself now, being pulled into what matters most, it, it resonates as my work in the world and, and we have a growing community of people who it resonates with too. There are many of us out there already doing really valuable work and there are, these are some of the people that you're going to meet in the upcoming episodes of this podcast because this is the work we're doing. We are responding to our own callings, our sacred callings, inspired by our own sense of sacred invitation. But what will it be for you? I hope you stick around as we explore together and find ways to answer that question posed by Rumi. When asked, what are you doing here? The answer should be what needs to be done. Make no mistake, we are all being called here to rethink a better future, reimagine this this new world and, and people from all walks of life are waking up to do and be more and create a life that is meaningful to ourselves and in support of the changes needed in our world today. I hope you'll join us and I'll see you next time on the Sacred Changemakers podcast. Because that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening in. Before we go, I want to invite you to take a look at the Changemakers Society, our sacred community of changemakers. It's one of the most extraordinary engaged groups of people who are committed to making the world a better place. Some of us work in the transformation industry, some of us don't but our diversity is our strength. We support each other to grow personally and professionally and today, together, we are already making a relevant impact while reminding each other to practice good self-care along the way. And the members are actually our sponsors who help us to keep doing our work in the world. So if our episode resonated with you today, if you feel you have a sacred invitation, then I hope you'll consider joining us. I'll see you soon.